story. Five strangers living in a house and having their lives taken. To find out what happens when people stop being polite and start being real. The, the real, real world, Daniel Plan style. So, how's everyone's week today? Uh, Excellent. Scott, yours was good? Mm, mm. Any, any, anything else? It was just good. Hey, did you know you can order Pizza Hut online? Stuffed crust, customized, double cheese. Seriously? Yeah. Um, order it. You guys make me sick. Joe, how about you? Anything special? Just video gaming, bro. Guys, you know, like, this isn't like... This is actually a huge part of the plan, is being able to focus not just, you know, on the things in your hands, like these electronics, and, and being able to have conversation with each other. Focus? I don't need focus. I ain't focusing on nothing. Like, woo? Sorry, it's not... Do you guys want bacon with it? Absolutely. In the crust. Oh, brilliant. Focus? I'll show you focus. Pepperoni. Bacon, double cheese, bacon, chicken, bacon, tomatoes, bacon, onions, mortadilla, everything. Guys, when we started, when we started this plan, we, we all read that verse together. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Like, it's, it's more than just doing things that everyone's doing out there. It's more than just playing video games and on your computer and, like, we, we gotta be able to interact with each other. We gotta get to know each other on a deeper level. So the thing I really love about the Daniel Plan, it's not just about, like, your physical, but it's also about your mental. And it focuses really on your mind, your body, and your spirit. It's really a lifestyle change um, that contributes towards your health. And it's, it's something that you can really take home with you. Yeah, I agree. Mm. That's what I'm talking about, Scott. What about you guys? They can't put the bacon in. Alright. Welcome everybody to the well. We are in the fourth part of our plan, the Daniel plan. Daniel plan is a lifestyle change. We're talking about how I can use my body and glorify God and look at all the different aspects of my life. So it's not just a one-time deal change, but it's an entire lifestyle. And we want to continue to transform every aspect of our life. So the first week we talked about, what is my body? It's a gift from God, and how should I respect it? How should I honor it? If it's coming from God, how am I supposed to use it? And how am I supposed to utilize it in order to glorify Him? Then the week after that, we talked about, what are the principles of lasting change? What, like, what do I need to focus on? so I can be persistent and, and do it for the long haul. It's not just a six-week thing, but what's my mindset in order for me to thrive beyond the six weeks and make a total lifestyle change? And then we talked about goal setting. I can't just say, you know, I want to change this addiction or change this bad habit, but I need to be focused on what the goals I need to set, realistic, practical goals in order for, re for me to reach uh, what I want to. But today, we're talking about it's great to have the goals, it's great that I know this is a blessing from God, my body, but I can't do it by myself. And we're going to talk about how we're designed that I need a community in order for me to thrive and in order for me to change my lifestyle. 
The best thing I loved, uh, and, and, and especially in middle school, the best thing you love to hear in the beginning of any talk is the words Bill and I, the science guy. So we're going to start today with a little bit of a science class, human anatomy. You would have 60,000 miles of blood vessels in you right now, 37.2 trillion cells, all connecting 78 major organs in your body right now. The human body is one of the most complex organisms, and you have a bunch of individual organs, but at the same time, they're all connected. Just to show an example of how much they're connected, let's say you get sick, you have a bacterial infection in your stomach. What is the process that your body does in order to heal itself? You have some cells in your, in your gut that says, okay, there's an infection, there's something going on wrong that's abnormal. There's specific cells that send a signal to your brain and say, okay, you know what, there's something abnormal going on. It sends to the control center. The control center says, okay, we're going to send a different specific type of cell to come down to the stomach to heal that infection. There is hundreds of, of reactions and mechanisms going on in order for the body to work as a whole in order to heal that infection. So it sends it to the control center. Certain cells come, and then you have other types of cells that come and attack it. And you, then we start feeling weak, fatigue, because all our energy of our body is going to fix the infection. You, you see, like, sometimes you get pale because all your blood vessels is going to heal it. What's the point of all this? Why are we talking about the human body? Like we said, there's independent organisms, but they're all interdependent on each other. So, like, you have a liver and you have thousands of cells within the liver, and it has a specific job. But at the same time, it's part of a whole body. It's a whole organism of everyone working together. So each organ is interdependent on each other. This is how God, the creator, this is how he programmed and designed our body. Not just from the inside, but from the outside. This is how we're designed to live, to be interdependent with each other, our organs, and within each other. So we're talking today about the body of Christ, our community, that you are one specific person in the body of Christ, but you are interdependent with others. It's not just a one-man show and you're, doing, you're making it through life by yourself. This concept is so hard for us to grasp of building community. You know, we hear, you know, it's nice, you know, we need to have community, it's great to hang out, all this kind of stuff. But it's so hard for us to grasp because we live in a society of do it your way, have it your way. You know, it's your way or the highway. You know, we're, we're the, the, the we, we declare independence, we are independence, we have the declaration of independence. We're all about, you know, me, Captain America, I can do it myself, I don't need anybody. But... It, that's why it's so hard for us to, to come to the realization, you know what, I, I need other people. I can't change a lifestyle. I can't change a habit. I can't transform any aspect of my life unless I rely on other people. We read in Romans chapter 12, so in Christ, we, we are all in Christ, in the body of Christ, we are many. You are one cell. You are one cell. I am one cell. We all form one body in Christ, and each member belongs to all the others. We can never forget that we just walk in the doors of church, go to life group, you know, we're just our own little entity. We, you're one cell that belongs to an organ that belongs to the body of Christ. The timing of this talk really hits home to me. You know, if you asked me a couple months ago, what do I think of community? I said, yeah, you know, it's important, you know, Jesus says, you know, to have community, it's nice. You know, all these fuzzy words I would say. I got sick a couple months ago, 
and I had an intestinal disease. And, and for the first time in my life, I desperately wanted community. I wanted people to come to me. And I was sh showered with love, people coming to me, showering me with their prayers, with their love and their support. You know, I never thought I would be one of those people that say, you know, I, like, I need, like, I, I desperately want, you know, community. I thought that was like an immature thing. But I wanted it. And we all desire, and deep inside of us, we all need that community in order to, to live and in order to thrive and make it in this earth. When I was showered with all this love and prayers and support from, from my family and from my church, it questioned me, what am I doing? I'm one cell in the body of Christ. What am I doing to contributing to the body of Christ? Do I just walk in and out and have superficial relationships? Hey, what's up? You know, let's go eat out. And nothing deeper than that. What am I giving? I, I'm designed in a specific way that God gave me immense blessings. What am I contributing to my community, to my church? So today we're going to talk about four reasons why we need community. First point on your handout, I need others to walk with me. Life is a journey. Life is a highway, like the song says. It's not a sprint. It's so easy for us, we get emotionally charged and says, I'm going to do it, I'm going to go for it, and like, I don't need anybody else. But life is a journey. We're going to get exhausted if we think we can make it through anything by myself. If I think I can change, you know, this addiction or this habit, if I think I can make it through life by myself, I'm lying to myself. This is not how God designed me. I can't do it by myself. There's a great old Zambian proverb that says, when you run alone, you run fast. But when you run together, you run far. Life is full of ups and downs. And, and I can't do it by myself. I have to have somebody that's going to walk with me through the thick and thin. We're not made to make it through life alone. We read in Colossians, just as you received Christ the Lord, so walk in him. Not be in him. It's not a one-time deal. Walking with Christ is an ongoing thing. Before we go any further, let's, let's take a time out. There's probably some of you thinking, you know, community is great, but you know what? People always let me down. I only need Jesus. He's my BFF. I, you know, people will always let me down. I, I only need Jesus. He will never let me down. Yes and no. And majority of us use that as a cop-out. It's an insult to God who created us to live in communities. When we say, I don't need anybody, I, I, I can do it by myself, we're lying to ourselves, and we're insulting God at the same time. When he created the first human, he created Adam. He built a community, paradise, beautiful, Garden of Eden. He said it was good, but there was something missing. Until he had communion and com community with somebody that complimented him, then that's when God said, it is very good. So it's good that you're by yourself and you think you can do it by yourself, but that's, you're not, you're not going to get far. If you want to make it through life, if you want to walk through life, you need, you need community. Community is God's answer to loneliness. I am designed to need others. I cannot make it by myself. I have to walk with others. We read in 1 Corinthians, whenever you come together, 
Each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification, that all may learn and all may be encouraged. You come to the body of Christ with a specific gift and talent that God has given only you. You're coming to the church. You're one cell in the body. You might have you know, a gift in, in teaching or interpretation, whatever your, your gift is, but you are one person. Combine, one cell in the body does nothing. One red blood cell to carry oxygen in the body is nothing. But if everybody has a specific goal and everyone is one cell, they come together, and like the last part of that verse, that we all may learn and we all may be encouraged. So we need each other and I need to walk with others. Our first week in our uh, life group a few weeks ago, we said, we talked about, you know, the five Fs, faith, food, fitness, focus, friends. And we said, you know, which one, we went around, we asked each, uh, each of us, which one do we really want to, like, focus on and what's our biggest weakness for the next six weeks? Which of the, which of the five Fs do we really want to focus on? So me, I wanted to focus on faith. Like, I felt like I was just, I go with the wind whenever, you know, hardship comes, like, I'm just, I'm a wuss and I just fall and I question God. And then somebody else in the group, you know, wanted to focus on food. You know, they're always tempted to get, you know, the 199 20-piece chicken nuggets from McDonald's and not think twice about, you know, what, what am I doing nourishing my body with what? So we decided to partner up and, and complement each other and said, okay, I want you to keep me accountable. Ask how my faith is going. Am I, am I exercising that muscle? Am I strengthening my faith? At the same time, I'm going to keep him accountable and ask him, you know, I hope you're not tempted by, you know, that Groupon that was for 50% off burger. You know, I hope you're, you're, you're fighting that temptation. So I need others to walk with me. We read in Ephesians chapter 4. From whom the whole body joined and knit together. Think of that imagery. The whole body. Think of the body of Christ, your church, joined and knit together. By what every joint supplies. What do you supply to your life group, to your friends, to your church? According to the effective working by which every part does its share, you do your share in the body of Christ. Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself and love. It's a beautiful imagery to think we're not just the whole body coming together, but we're joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. You know, just to show how important community is, what was one of the punishments that Adam and Eve had when they disobeyed God? Solitary confinement, away from the community they knew. They were exiled from the Garden of Eden. They had the best life in the world. They, I mean, paradise. And their, and, and their punishment is solitary confinement. You know, when I think of, like, you know, prisons, you know, one of the harsh punishments is solitary confinement. It's cruel when you think for a second, being by yourself, no human interaction. Do you guys remember the movie uh, Castaway, Tom Hanks? I think his buddy, the ball, Wilson. Y you know, I remember as a kid when I watched that movie, it's brutal to watch it because, like, that's, that's real. Like, if we go that long without human interactions, we're in solitary confinement. You start going cuckoo. Point number two, why I need community. I need others to work with me. 
God designed you, God designed me with special gifts and special talents that only you have, something that you're able to contribute to the body of Christ that no one else can. We read in Ephesians chapter 2, God made us to do good works, which he planned in advance for us to live our lives doing. So he gave you a special gift. He gave me a special gift. And it is my job. I am placed on this earth to do good works. And the wish he planned in advance, before I was even in my mother's womb, he said, Michael, you have a mission to do while you're on this earth. And I'm going to give you these weaknesses, these strengths, this community to aid and for you to fulfill what God has placed you. And the same thing with all of us. But in order for me to succeed in my job, to do what I need to do, I have to realize I can't do it by myself. I have to get that mentality that we live in. I can do it myself. I'm Captain America. I don't, I don't need anybody else. I can do it by myself. A lot of us have a syndrome that I like to call Mother Teresa syndrome. We see these servants like, oh, man, she, like, she fed thousands of people and got so many people out of, out of the streets in Calcutta. She was the best. But we never think that she had hundreds of thousands of other people by her side. We get emotionally engaged and says, you know what, I'm going to do this. Then we just run out of gas very soon because we realize you can't do it by yourself. You know, like a big news this, this summer was LeBron James. I'm, I'm a big fan of LeBron James. And big news, all of a sudden, the trade happened. Uh, probably 30 minutes later, Cavs are going to the, the, the finals next year, no doubt. He is one person in, the bod, in, in that team, but you need a team around him. So it, we need to have the same mentality. You might be good at one thing, but you need a support team around you. And that's, that's how the body of Christ is designed. And that's how Christianity is designed, early Christianity. What did Jesus say when Jesus said, you know, great, you have, I abide in you, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's gonna come and dwell within you. Now it's time to get, the work, get to work. You go here, you go there. But he didn't send, Jesus could have easily told the apostles, okay, to cover more space, each person go to each country by yourself. To me, that seems logical. You can cover more ground if it's one person for each country. But he said, in order for the good news to spread, in order for Christianity to thrive, two by two have to go. You, one apostle cannot do it by himself. You need a team. We read in Ecclesiastes, two people are better than one because they get more done by working together. Next point, community is God's answer to fatigue. It's great to have the passion to work and to do God's will, but we have to humble ourselves and realize, I can't do it by myself. Think of where you are in life right now. Did you get there by yourself? You had a team of love and support that had brought you to the point you are right now. In, in order to go any further, I need other people. If not, I'm going to run out of gas. I'm going to be fatigued. A cool research article actually by the NIH, National Institute of Health, did a research article in 2007. And the article showed the health, ben it's called the health benefits of strong social communities. This is purely science-based. 
Don't ask me how they measure this stuff, but you know, it's the NIH, they know what they're doing. The people that had strong communities had lower stress levels. They were more productive in their routine daily tasks, and their life expectancy was two years higher than, than an average person. So the benefits of community is, is immense. Third reason why we need community. I need others to watch out for me. Okay, I don't know if this picture is that clear. There's, you know, a jerk here that took a picture of a guy working out in the gym, eating pepperoni pizza while he's, while he's uh, working out here. You know, it, it, it's kind of amusing, this picture, but let's, let's call this guy Billy. I admire Billy so much. He knows that in order for him to change his lifestyle and to get healthy, He's heard that you need to work out and uh, you need to eat healthy. You know, he knows that there's those two things involved. But no one is watching out for him to guide him on how to do that. You know, if this guy was in, was in a community with, with the jerk taking the picture, the, the guy taking the picture would not, you know, ridicule him, but say, you know what, like, you're on the right track. You know, you're supposed to eat differently and work out, but... Don't do it together. We read in Philippians, let, let each of you look, look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. I like how this, this verse is put together. Let each of you not only look out for your own interests. Basically, our human nature is to only worry about ourselves. Look, look at a kid. Like, sharing is an you know, impossible task for a little kid. Our human nature is only worry about us. But with God, I'm called to a higher calling that I, I, I shouldn't just worry about myself, but I'm, I'm challenged and I'm asked by God, my Father, that I, should, that I should look out for the interests of others. In Hebrews chapter 13, Keep being concerned about each other, as the Lord's followers should. If I'm a follower of Christ, and he is my father, and I'm going to live for him, I need to be concerned with others. Great verse in Ecclesiastes. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for chuparated cord is not easily broken. The imagery of this verse is cool. You know, I think two standing back to back, you know, I think of those, like, those action movies when, you know, I, I can see every angle. He has my back, I got his back. We're, we're able to cover huge amounts of area because we have each other. There's power in number. Two, great. Three is, is a triple braided cord that is not easily broken. There's power in number. You know, you hear of uh, AA, Alcoholic Anonymous, Anonymous, and rehab centers. What makes these centers successful for people to change habits or a lifestyle or an addiction? It's not the logistics of the program that brings it success. It's just that I'm side by side with somebody that has the same addiction as me, that's struggling with the same thing as me. That's the support and that's the power that comes from those groups, not necessarily from the curriculum. Community is God's answer to defeat. 
you know, I heard a, a story from a bishop. He was telling a story of like another priest, like in a church, not from around here. And, and there was a guy that always went to every liturgical service known to mankind at church. And he was always in the back. You know, you know what I'm talking about, those people that are just in their own little bubble, every service, gets there before the priest, leaves at the end, doesn't talk to a soul, just walks out the back door at the end. You know, you'd think he's a holy man. I, I'm, not, I'm not judging. I'm just saying, like, he's in his own little bubble, never communicated with anybody except the priest of the church. He got sick, was in the hospital for three months. After he got healed, he came back to the church and gave it to the priest. What kind of church is this? No one from your church came to visit me or even cared if I was breathing or living. No one even bothered, noticed that I wasn't in the corner praying at every liturgy like I always do. No one even cared. They didn't even know if I existed. What did the priest say? You did it to yourself. What did you invest into the body of Christ? What did you do? Were you open? Were you vulnerable? Did you have in-depth conversations? Did you have dialogue? Did you do anything with anybody? So don't complain. When hardship comes, don't complain that you have nobody by your side. Like I said, when I got sick, it it questioned me. Like, what am I doing with my friends? I, I, I just take everybody for granted, and I take my church for granted. What am I doing for other people? What am I contributing myself to them? We read in Ecclesiastes, for if they fall, so like if you fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. I felt bad for that guy when I heard the story. That, and he never came back to church. Fourth reason why we need community. I need others to wait and weep with me. Life is hard. Life is full of hardships and tribulations. God even told us. He guaranteed us that we're, that's, don't be shocked when, when hard times come. As long as we're in this world, we're always going to have hardships. But I need to have people that are by my side that will wait with me, that will weep with me through, through the thick and the thin. In First Peter Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. In 1 Corinthians, if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Think back to the Bill Nye the Science Guy anatomy lesson here. That small bacterial infection in the stomach, that was one member suffering. But what happened? All the members suffered with it. The immune system was compromised. The body was going into overtime. You got a fever because everyone's working overtime here to fight that infection. But at the same time, if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. So if I change a, li- a, you know, a certain aspect of my diet or my health or physical activity, you're going to notice a difference in every aspect of your life. I mean, it, it's amazing how the same fundamental rules that apply to the human body applies externally as well. I mean, 
we've all experienced you, you get on this, you know, you start working out for a while and you feel amazing and you start sleeping better, your mental health is better, you're more effective at work. So everything is connected. And that's exactly how the body of Christ should be as well. Community is God's answer to despair. Desperation. Words that we never want to reach that level. No one should ever have to experience the loss of a family member by themselves. No one should ever have to be the first day they just lost their job and coming home and they don't know how they're going to pay the bills. No one should ever have to go to the hospital to hear bad news of a test result with no one by their side. If I have community, it will prevent me from getting to the point of desperation. And 1 Thessalonians, encourage one another and build each other up. This is one of the hardest verses for me. I read this, encourage one another and build each other up. I hear that, I put on my counseling mode, just start saying 25 different points. I, I especially do this with my wife. Like, like she had a bad day, okay, you know what? Like I just, I, I know exactly what to say, what to, what to comfort her, what make her feel better. But it doesn't say counsel each other up or communicate with each other up, build. There's a lot of things that go under the word build. But from my little experience, that sometimes the worst thing I could possibly do is talk something out with somebody. Sometimes I just need to wait and weep with somebody. Reread in Romans. I need to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Again, same thing with the body, the human body. And I need to do the same thing with, with my group of, of friends, my life group, my church. Community, it's something that we are programmed and integrated to, to live in community and be interdependent on each other. It's an uphill battle. We're always going to fight the mental battle of, you know, I don't need to anybody. Uh, it's only going to lead to failure. I can do it by myself. I know myself. I don't need anybody else. But it's an uphill battle, and I have to push myself that I need community. In your church, in your life group, I need community. You know, a cool thing uh, I read this week, one of the fastest growing churches in California is called the Sunday Assembly. The Sunday Assembly is church for atheists. And they have uh, songs, they have a talk, and they eat together. And they meet Sunday mornings. And I found that fascinating that it doesn't matter, it, it's programmed in us that we need community. It doesn't matter our base. But now, that's, so that's, that's human nature, we want community. But imagine Christ that, that abides and lives within us. And the power of the body of Christ when we all come together with him in our midst and him leading the body of Christ, and him being the head, that's a hundred times more powerful. Okay. We know the importance of community. Great. Well, I need somebody to walk with me. I need someone to work, work, work with me, watch out for me. I need someone to weep with me. Okay. How do I do that? I'm going to go on a little rant here about, about this. 
look at your conversations, look at your community, look at your close friends, look at your life group or your church. What is the basis of our conversations? And I was talking to somebody about this, like, it's kind of fascinating. Like, do I, like, I'm just a bunch of guys, like, eight hours playing Madden or six hours playing basketball, is that community? Is that somebody that's going to be there for me to, to, to weep with me when I get sick? Is, that, is somebody going to be there for me when I, when I need someone to watch out for me or keep me accountable? They see me going down the path? If I'm playing Madden six hours a day, there's no way that person's going to tell me, you know what, like, Michael, you need to, I, I see you're going, you're not treating your wife well. Who are you? We just play Madden together. You're, 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 you're in no position. Ask, I ask myself, like, am I opening the door with my friends? And am I saying, hey, I need you to, to keep me accountable. If you see me doing something bad, I need to open that door to create that community. It's not going to happen. Like we saw that picture, you know, of the guy working out. If, if there was some dialogue between those two people, it, it, it wouldn't, that guy wouldn't be looking stupid eating pizza working out because they've created a bond and they're watching out for each other. So I'm saying the same thing with us. You know, I, I grew up I, with, you know, a bunch of guys and for years we would say we're close friends, but wh wh what's the base of our friendship? Is it just, we have nothing to do on a Friday night, let's just go hang out or eat out? Is there any depth, is there any substance to my community? When, when, when times get tough and we know they're gonna get tough, did I, did I prepare myself for that? You know, I, I'm gonna pull my wife out, put her on the spotlight for a second. My first year of dental school, we just got married, I, I was in my second year of dental school. And uh, you know, I would come home, be like, hi, how are you? I'm good. How was your day? Good. How was school? It was good. How was the drive? It was good. Me, I, everyone's a different personality, but for me, I want like questions that I know that you care. How was that you know, annoying professor today? Was, was she better than yesterday? Or how about that patient that always barfs on you every time they open their mouth? How was that today? Then I know that my wife cares for me and is in integrated and involved in our conversations. And the same thing, like apply it to our friendships. Is it always, hey, how are you doing? How's work? That's good. All right, take care. But don't, don't, don't say that's in-depth relationship. Don't say that's in-depth community. Because when times get tough, that's going to take you nowhere. Uh, I was talking to somebody here about what's the best way to, to really take it, a, a relationship from level one to level two, to really add depth to the community. Ask the question, how do you feel? That works every single time. How do you feel? I was talking to somebody, we're talking about work and, and you know, family and stuff like that. And I, I complained about something, and he goes, so how do you feel, Michael? Whoa. Like, let's just turn on Sports Center. we can talk while we're watching TV. Let's not, you know, get to that level. But we need to. We need to. To prepare ourselves. And that's what community is. I do need community. I need community, someone to walk with me, someone to work with me, someone to weep with me. At the, on the flip side, people in your community need you. There's something that you are able to contribute. You are one cell in the body of Christ. There's something that you're able to contribute. You, know, you going to a life group, for example, and you're already a, you know, a Daniel Plan guru. There's something, that a different perspective you're able to bring to the life group that might change someone else's life. 
that they, they don't even think twice about a habit or an addiction they're dealing with, but you just doing one thing, bringing something to the community, to your, to your group of friends, to your community, makes all the difference in the world. No one can summarize the necessity of community better than Bill Weathers. Raise your hand if anybody knows who Bill Weathers is. Yeah, okay, all the music team just uh, raised their hand. No one else? All right, yeah, okay, the old guy in the bag just raised his hand, so that, that tells you what, what decade he's from. <laughs> who, who knows that? Uh, you, you guys know the songs that he sang. Just the two of us. Ain't no sunshine. No one knows? Okay. All right. He summarized the best with the song, Lean on Me. Uh, we're we're going to sing it now, but I, I just want to read a few of the verses. Lean on me when you're not strong, and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on, for it won't be long till I'm going to need somebody to lean on. Please swallow your pride. If I have things you need to borrow, for no one can fill those of your needs that you won't let show. I have to be vulnerable. I have to be transparent. You just call on me, brother, when you need a hand. We all need somebody to lean on. I just might have a problem that you'll understand. We all need somebody to lean on. All right, so everybody get on your feet. We're going to sing with the praise and worship team, Lean On Me. While they're getting up here, so this week in Life Group, we're going uh, to talk about focus. Our brains are scattered going 50 miles per hour in every direction. But what are some practical things I can do to focus in order for me to accomplish my goals, in order for me to build strong community. Yeah. Strong, and I'll be your friend. 
Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for our health, our church, our community, our families. God, hope, help us to open our hearts, to be transparent, to be open, to build that depth with my friends and with my community that I can have people there when times get rough and that I can walk through life with. We need each other. And you work in the midst of, when, when two gather in your name, you're in the midst of them. Dwell within every aspect of our life, our friendships, our lifestyle, how we take care of, of our body, which is your house, where you dwell. We pray, Lord, for the life groups, that we may all continue to, to see your glory through this plan. We pray for STSA, and we pray for Father Anthony. Hear us, O Lord, when we pray thankfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. All right, guys, thanks for coming. Have a good week. <laughs>